I want to welcome you guys to Grace this morning on this nice, dreary, rainy morning, but the sun is shining in here today. So whatever it's like out there, it's bright in here, but we're glad you're here with us today. We're going to continue on with our series in the book of Romans about the heart of the gospel. Those four songs that were just sung to you, that is the heart of the gospel. If you really listen to those lyrics, sing those lyrics, and believe those lyrics, I could just walk down these steps and we could go home today and be filled because that is the heart of the gospel, how much Jesus loves us. We're no longer slaves to fear. But those songs are the basis for today's message. And we're going to look at some family privileges that we have when we are adopted into God's family. And so I want to start out by saying that seeing our natural condition we are all descendants of Adam. So going on down the line, our, our birth certificates has our birth parents on there. Our parents and our parents before them. And it goes on and on, right? And we can trace it all the way back to Adam. And Adam, we know, was perfect for just a little while, right? But then sin came in. Sin came in and messed it up for everyone, right? So we are made in God's image. We're His creation, but because of that, we're, we're not really children of God. Not until we accept His gift of salvation. Not until we accept Him as our personal Savior can we call ourselves children of God. So we need to go from being a child of Adam to a child of God. So fathers and, and children are, are basically the whole idea of today's message. And the title for today's message is that, yeah, I'm adopted. And I don't know if you've ever been with your kids out in public or you might have been the kid at the time and you've been with your parents and you just do something totally just uncalled for or something that's so embarrassing or, you know, you're thinking, why, you know, why did they do that? And they say, yeah, he's adopted. Or you might have heard someone say, yeah, they're adopted. That embarrassing, right? Well, today you can proudly proclaim, yes, I am adopted. I am adopted. So again, we're going to look at four privileges that we get about being, that we get, that we receive through the Holy Spirit about us being adopted into God's family. The first of those being, you have the privilege of forward progress. The privilege of forward progress. So we're going to start in verse 12. So if you've got your Bibles, you can turn with me there in Romans chapter 8, verse 12. And last week, uh, Dennis was talking about the Spirit and Christ being in us. So we're going to continue on with that. Verse 12, it says, Therefore, dear brothers and sisters. Now, Dennis always says, why is that therefore, therefore? Well, it's therefore because of what the previous verses said. Paul's telling us Christ lives within you. Even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life. Because you've been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. So the Spirit of God lives in you. So verse 12, Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. You have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. Now, obligation, that doesn't sound very much like a privilege, does it? Say a privilege, we think of something like getting free predator's tickets. That's a privilege, right? Right? Obligation is something we think about when we have to pay taxes. 
That's an obligation. But it's not really talking about an obligation, something that we have to do. Obligation in this text is about paying a debt. About a debt that we can never pay on our own. But it's a debt that Christ paid for us on the cross. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. We have no obligation. The sinful nature that, he's, that Paul's talking about here is the flesh. It's our body. It's not our skin, our little, literally, flesh. It's our old self. Our old self before we accepted Christ. Our old, the old you. The scripture called the old man, the old you. That's our flesh. We have no obligation to that flesh anymore. See, Christ, is, he's bought us with a high price. A debt that we can never pay on our own. You don't, he's saying you don't have to be the things that you used to be. You don't have to be that old you anymore. You don't have to do the things you used to do. It has no control over you. Because you are not the person you used to be. You have no obligation to your old past. You have no obligation to your sinful nature. See? Go to verse 13. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. We'll stop right there for a second. You will die. So you kind of sticks with you for a minute. But see, everyone here today is on a path. And that path, that direction, determines your destination, not really your intention. The path you're on determines your destination, not your intention. We can have all the greatest intentions in the world, but if we're on the wrong path, that destination is going to lead us somewhere we don't want to be. See, it's like this. If you want to go to Chattanooga, and you really want to go to Chattanooga for some odd reason, I don't know why I picked Chattanooga, but I did, and you get on I-40 West, that will never get you there. I don't care how much you pray, how many prayer groups you have back at church praying for your journey, or how many worship songs you're listening to in your car, that path will never get you there, right? You're going to have to do some major U-turns, right? The navigation is going to be going crazy. Make a U-turn now, make a U-turn now, right? It'll never get you there. See, Paul's telling us here that the path of the world, your old path, the path of your old self, will always lead you somewhere you don't want to be. And that somewhere you don't want to be is death. That somewhere you don't want to be is death. That path. See, if you live by the ways of the world, not only will you die, you're going to be disappointed when you get there. You're going to be disappointed when you get there. When you get to wherever you're going on I-40 West and you figure out you're not Chattanooga, you're going to be disappointed, right? You're going to be disappointed. But talking about disappointment, last week we got to come together and watch the Boring Bowl, I mean the Super Bowl, right? And what was so great about being all together in our church family and to fellowship is you didn't have to watch the game, right? We got together and we talked, we played games, they were back there playing dominoes. I don't even think they watched one play, but we ate together we ate chili which I regretted later because I was a taste tester and I ate way too much chili but it was so good right but think about the Super Bowl being together and being lied to is all the commercials right we know that commercial I hope you know this that commercials 
are not true. Commercials are designed to draw you in, to draw your eye, to make you believe that that product is going to make your life better. And very rarely does that happen. So on the Super Bowl, that was, you know, people watch Super Bowl just for the commercials. And so, you know, a big thing, every commercial I've seen was about them not putting corn syrup in beer anymore. Right? Who cares? But I promise you, if you drink light beer, that's not going to help you have better abs and help your volleyball game. Okay? It's not going to work. And actually, they work against each other, right? Both those are a detriment to you trying to get abs or to be a better basketball player, be a better volleyball player, whatever you're doing. Right? It's not going to help you. Okay? They lie to you. Hello, Rogaine? Right? Liars. Jeez. The world... See, the world leads us down that road and then blames us for going down it. Not hot, see, sucker, got your money. You still have no hair. You still don't have abs. Verse 13. For if you live by dictates, you will die. But, there's always a, there's a but there, that's a good thing. But, through the power of the Holy Spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. If you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, if you put to death the deeds of your sinful past, the deeds of your body, you will live through the Holy Spirit. And see, in this verse, to kill, to put to death, means to mortify. Mortification. Which means to kill Violently. To kill violently, right? Not just, you know, smashing a bug and putting it outside. It's like there's a spider, you know, you're, you're killing violently. And so it brings me back to a, a time when I was uh, really young. I wasn't even in school yet. I barely remember it, but it was one of those moments in my life that I'll never forget. Uh, I spent a lot of time with my great-grandparents, and uh, I just idolized my great-grandfather. One of the best men that, I, that I've ever known. But I, every, I wanted to be just like him, so I did everything that he did. So we were going out to the garden one day, and uh, I had my own little garden tools, you know, and I had a, a hoe, and I was using like a walking stick just like he was. And, you know, he's probably just, you know, back there like, good grief, this kid. But, but he let me tag along with him. And I learned so much for, from him in a short amount of time that I could just stand up here and talk about him all day. But as I was walking to the garden, I seen the base of a tree, and what I thought was an eight-foot copperhead you know, so I took my hoe and I like, so I'm like digging in the dirt. I killed that snake violently. I mortified that snake. I cut it up into like 15 different pieces. Poor little two-foot garter snake. Right? I killed it violently. I did not want it to be pieced back together and start biting me again. Right? I didn't know. And my grandfather, he's just standing there, you know, laughing, you know. But I took care of it. Right, But I mortified that snake. And see, that's what Paul's telling us, that what we have to do with our sinful nature, we can't just sweep it under the rug. 